Okay, so episode two, I guess, of the NHL GM Dynasty podcast, starring Bill. And uh, what we got going on today is a deep dive into the Pacific Division. And so before I get started, I just want to say uh, thanks to uh, Justin. Uh, great job with the, the interview. Way to actually put your mic in your mouth and be clear. And that was awesome. We, I think we all appreciate the insight for the Philadelphia Flyers. Pretty cool. Uh, he made it known that he had a fun time and... I think a goal of his is to be back on the podcast. So what we'll do, I think, will be as the season moves on, we could have a battle or uh, some kind of group group podcast where me, Harry, and Justin get together and talk about life in the basement. Maybe get Adam in the in the podcast as well. Hopefully, he's finally accepted his fate as Team Thirty One. It's a rough spot, Adam everybody's going to give it to you I'm going to give it to you the most and I will be 30 and you'll just have to take it so it's all in good fun but just know it's definitely coming Uh, I have no remorse in fantasy hockey and so when I get shit on by I'm not I don't even want to say his name by LA and uh, Rangers um it, it makes me laugh, but it does just burn inside me. So keep them coming. I, I, I love the burns. Keep shitting on the bill hogs, the shit hawks, or whatever you want to call them. And, and yeah, just, just know that your time is coming. Uh, ask her off. Oh, man, he's going to have something to say about that. So moving forward, let's actually get into the episode here. And let's see here. i got a couple things I'll just talk about. And the main theme, like I said, is the Pacific Division and what's going on in there. So with that said, um, I think what we need to be clear about would be that uh, finishing in the playoffs, we had Arizona playing LA. And so I think everybody knew LA was going to win the playoffs there. And, or not the playoffs, I should say. Um, That's getting a little too far ahead of myself, but at least that round. And now, as we moved into the offseason here, I think we all know that if that matchup was to happen again, Arizona would be absolutely obliterated. So, um, that being said, we know who were in the playoffs. Um... Notable is Calgary, who I think Calgary and San Jose, I think they both made the playoffs there too. So, four teams in the Pacific out of the eight made the playoffs. Pretty good. Um, What to look forward to moving forward, I think, would be uh, as Arizona drops out of the playoffs here, um, they finished sixth in the regular season. I'll probably have Calgary hover around 9th, San Jose hover around 13th still. Um, I don't think they did too much to in order to move up in terms of power. Uh, more movement in the bottom half of the Pacific Division, I think, would be Anaheim 
I think would be moving a little bit higher than the 18th because we'll see Arizona drop all the way down from 6 to low 20s and then Vegas a little increase and then from 20th above and then Edmonton I think might go from 21st all the way to 31st and Vancouver 28th up to the 26th so altogether looking at Pacific Division um, in terms of how they'll impact the playoffs I think much will stay the same I think they'll have four teams with Anaheim just sneaking in there Vegas trying to sneak in there and then the for sure misses of Edmonton Vancouver and Arizona so the fun teams to watch will be San Jose Anaheim and Vegas for sure Calgary looks to have a pretty good year and LA I think will be the top dog in terms of the teams so um, with that being said I think it would just be a little bit fun to break things down a little bit in terms of why or how I got to my assessment so what I did and I'll be posting this on the group chat is I broke all the team stats down kinda and put them in player positions and then I even compared all of that so what you'll see is the winger positions, center positions, forward positions, defense, goalies, reserves, and total all broken down and in doing so it lets you have a greater uh, respect as to what's actually going on in terms of the league where the power is and uh, areas to address weaknesses for the teams so for instance um, <clears throat> if we were to look at say Los Angeles on in on this position comparison list chart that I have here um, LA's practically at the top for all of these categories here so undoubtedly they're going to be having a strong season well how strong well if everything goes all lays way in terms of prospects um, players playing like they did before last season um, getting 6200 points and more is very likely to happen so if that's the mark how are you guys or other GMs going to make that mark and so like as a Chicago that's my mark to make too so it's like how the hell am I going to get from 3,000 all the way to 6,200 that's doubling the production on my team so uh, put that in perspective uh, let's look at Calgary uh, Calgary did a lot of bold moves uh, last year in terms of bringing in Hughes and I th let me hear just a sec we're just pulling up Calgary oh Malkin and Heinz Panarin so what Calgary did is they brought in a lot of older veteran talent and I don't think yeah Calgary pretty much sold this so, sold their stables in terms of going for it is this Calgary Perry Calgary. Oh, this is Calgary last year. My mistake. Got to open one more page here. I was like, I traded Holpe to Calgary. 
I'll come hope he's not on Calgary right now. But that's just on me being new book goofing. In this quiet time, you could appreciate the piano music I have in the background. I don't have it here with me, so it's dead silence, but I'm listening to it in my head as <laughs> we wait for me to pitter-patter. Let's get at her. Okay, Calgary. Here we go. So yeah, Calgary brought in the Hughes brothers, Malkin, Tavares, Panarin. So that old talent, but going to produce. And then they have Holtby and Murray and Nett. So in terms of catching up to Dan, he's got the steady goaltending. He's got the all-star talent. But he doesn't have any of the prospects that LA has, nor the depth. So to think he's going to get 6,200 or project to get 6,200 is rather hard. So, I mean, this is a playoff roster. Besser, Hughes, and the Hughes brothers are all going to improve. But will they improve where he makes up a thousand points? Probably not. But at the same time, you also have to put into perspective that maybe you don't have to match Dan's point total. Maybe you just have to get lucky one week kind of thing. So if you're Calgary and you know you're going to run into him in the second round, which is pretty pretty likely unless Vegas is able to cover the spread or San Jose, which I mean they could, but I mean this would also go the same for them. So for all these three teams that are trying to gain that ground on LA, you're probably you should plan for that second round when you have to play LA to get to the finals in the Western Conference, and so look for those matchups. So if that means trading for players that have four games in that week where you're playing second round well then you should be looking to do that even if it means sacrificing a little bit in terms of uh, skill on your team I mean it might sound a little bit silly but when it comes to planning for playoffs you need every little bit of an advantage you can get and so you want your all-stars playing against Dan so uh, just for context, my first year when I made playoffs in one of my leagues, um, it was against Edmonton. And so I made it to the second round, and I was playing a team that had McDavid and Dreisaitl and Nugent Hawkins. And the crappy thing was Edmonton played four times that week. Well, I think McDavid and Leon each had almost 80 points that week, and I lost by almost 70 points. So it was just absolutely devastating. So having those big time players, it plays a big time role in the playoffs, which undoubtedly you four teams should be looking to be at least fair shots to be getting in. Anaheim might be that second. Anaheim definitely is going for that second wild card spot. San Jose should be looking for the first, but should be looking to try to get into that. 2-3 division, division slot. Um, touching base with Edmonton and Vancouver. Edmonton finished 21st, looking to finish 31st. Do they have their first overall this year? I think they do. I think he traded his first though this year for this past draft, but he ended up getting a first somehow. 
So yeah, that's good. He's got three firsts. So he's got the Calgary and the Buffalo. So he's got an early first and then two late first and then a lot of seconds to work with. So that'll, that'll be good for helping his... Um, well, he's got Calgary and Buffalo's first. So if you attach a second onto those once the drop comes up, you could definitely definitely move up five, six slots each. So lots of, lots of trading power there. Pretty good. But really, Dan, Dan brought this up in the group chat, how Edmonton really lacks a lot of star power in terms of prospect depth. Might better be off just keeping all the picks and just trying to grow his prospects right now. Been there, still there, totally understand. Uh, Vancouver, 28th, probably going to go up a bit, but made a weird trade for Eichel. <laughs> think he was better off keeping my first, but that's Harry. What are you going to do about it? Let's take a close look at Harry's team here. Uh, do they make any trades over the course of the... This will tell me. Let's see how active Harry was. Oh, Harry did make one big trade, but <laughs> that was... Oh, he's made two big trades. So the first one we'll go over will be the Buffalo trade. He made this in June. Or no, May. No, June. Sorry, my mistake. And he traded away Christian Dvorak, Adam Fox, my first round pick, Philip Zadina, for Jack Eichel and Morgan Frost on Buffalo with a second round pick. So this is the weird trade I was talking about. Harrison making Eichel, Frost in a second for Dvorak, Fox, my first, and Zadina. Personally, I don't see Harrison being close to competing, and when you trade for a guy like Eichel and with your prospects, you think about competing. And what he gave up in my first Adam Fox, Zadina, and Dvorak, I think, is exactly what you would want moving forward in a team that's young and trying to rebuild. I mean, getting Jack Eichel is nice and all, but you've now created more holes that you have to fill, especially with Fox leaving your team. And I don't think his team has a lot of defensive depth as it is. None. Maybe that's why he traded Yolette, or took my Yolevi trade. He's got Ty Smith, Connor Timmins, Sammy Niku coming up. Ole Yolevi. Hampus Lindholm, Brendan Smith, Christopher Tanev. So not a lot of depth for Vancouver in terms of defense. And you go and trade probably after Hughes and McCarr, maybe the best up-and-coming defense and prospect. And I don't think Fox gets talked about enough because how great of a season McCarr and Hughes had. So... Big trade there by Harrison getting Eichel, but I think he's going to end up trading Eichel to try to get prospects back in. Will the prospects equal what he gave up? And that remains to be seen. So 
I mean, he could do the big FU to me and just keep his players, but or keep Eichel, so all the power to him. I mean, it's hard to get those kind of players. It all depends where he sees his team. Where I see it, I, I just don't see it as competing right now. So, yeah, that's that's just my thoughts on Van or yeah, Vancouver right now. The other trade that Harrison made, and this one was pretty different, was uh, Rubstaff, Yolevi, uh, Detroit's first in 2021 and 2022, German Rubstaff for the Carolina first, which ended up becoming the second overall pick. So. Harrison trades Byfield for two late firsts, uh, at least if Detroit makes the playoffs, which they finished in the final eight. So I, I think Detroit did enough to at least stay in playoff contention the next two years by trading some of the veteran players for youth. So at least that's that's the hope. If not, this trade will lo start looking a little bit worse and worse for me, but. I mean, I don't even have Byfield, so I don't even give a shit. So, just looking in terms of overall production here, that was pretty good. He gets a lot back from what he gave up. So, Eichel, he he brings in Eichel, Rubstaff, Morgan Frost, Yolevi, Hampus Lindholm, and then a couple firsts. And then he gives away quite a bit of youth too. So all altogether, I mean, it's not bad what Harrison did. It's just that that first trade with Buffalo is a little bit different for me. So yeah, that's Vancouver. Um, and I mean, I'm just covering Vancouver because I think it's, they're going to be a little bit different this season. They're going to climb up the rankings, but I don't see them climbing up significantly too much versus other teams I'll cover in this podcast as we move forward. I just think uh, they, they would be pretty cool just to do one of these deep dives in. Uh, another team, let's just see here how Edmonton... Edmonton did a little bit at least. Looks like all minor stuff here from Edmonton, not enough to... So it just looks like Edmonton's bringing on the rebuild through all the moves that they made. Admirable. Let's look at LA here. Top dog. Brings in Grubauer for Mrazic. That was pretty nice. Traded Jake Sanderson for it though. The process. So it remains to be seen. This was a cool trade I thought he made. Yeah, the Boston one. So, uh, trades McCarr. A 2021 first, his 2021 first, 2021 or 23rd, 31st in that round. So, essentially a fourth. And Jared McCann for Charlie McAvoy, 112, 116. And a second. And if I remember right, that became Dawson Mercer. And let's see here. Who's that other guy? I think I'll be able to pick him out if I just look at it. 
maybe Jacob Pelletier. Pellet, Pellet, yeah, maybe, I don't know. Forgive me for saying that wrong. I think it actually is, because he moved back. No, Rodin Amarov. So he got Rodin Amarov, Dawson Mercer, Charlie McAvoy for Makar and McCann. And a first, which probably will be a really late first in 2022. So I think Dan actually killed that trade there. Really nicely done. And one of the reasons why Terry was saying in the group chat how Dan was able to keep talent on his team, even though he's forced to make these trades. Uh, another one would be how he traded Kokaniemi and Sergachev for JT Miller. Uh, maybe that one might not age as well, but I mean, he brings in one of the best wingers in the league on one of the best contracts. So it helps him in terms of contract. It helps him in terms of bringing in an elite talent in terms of fantasy value. And I think he got lucky with having that Kokaniemi being drafted at 10th overall when he fell all the way to him so I mean you got to be good to be lucky and lucky to be good and that's what we're seeing with Dan another one is the McDavid trade trades Connor and Justin Brown Justin Braun for Philip Forsberg and Connor Garland so I mean he's given up the best player but bringing in that solid depth pieces so I think even Forsberg wants to bounce back this year and Carlin's the guy on the upswing. So, I mean, it's a little bit risky having to trade McDavid for that. I mean, I was mad at him. He didn't get the first round pick, but gotta do what you gotta do. If you if you really would have got Nashville's first out of that, that would have been an amazing trade for him. But I, I, I'd settle for Forsberg and Connor Garland myself for Connor McDavid. I remember I traded Patrick Kane two first two seconds so and, and one of those first might have been first overall in the fucking draft too so it is what it is Connor McDavid man of different values to absolutely everybody uh, I think that will be it for covering trades I don't want to be sitting around too much talking about have you having you wait while there's dead silence so thank you for the piano music once again uh yeah so i i covered if they did get better so expectations going into next year um i think i did that too so we'll just recap that real fast my expectations going into next year would be probably la making playoffs and contending Calgary making playoffs, San Jose making playoffs, with both teams looking to find a way to beat LA in the second round. Anaheim looking just to make playoffs along with Vegas too. And then Arizona, Edmonton, and Vancouver all occupying various spots within the, the 20s and 30s. So with that, um, that's already three spots occupying the last 10 spots in the draft moving forward. So it'll be interesting to see what teams move and um, ascend the rankings as we move further. Um, 
Then I just have like a leaving thoughts what I'd hope to see from certain teams or potential trades. And just looking at the rosters overall, it's it's pretty hard for Calgary and San Jose to make significant trades where they bring in a lot of talent without giving up a lot of talent too. So not, not, not a lot of firsts or prospects. So to see San Jose or Calgary do better in the standings will be because players on their team do better versus um, work done by the GM to bring talent in. That's not a knock on the GM. That's just uh, what's going to be happening in terms or my prediction on how these teams are going to be getting better. I mean... That's not to say one of them can go out there and win a huge trade. Totally in the realm of the possibility. Just as for now, um, how I see that trade going down would probably be more of a one-for-one -one lateral trade versus them absolutely clear-cut winning a trade. But I'd, I'd like to be prove, pro proven wrong here. Just making predictions. Just shooting the gander. You know how it is. Pew -choo -choo -pew -choo. Um, what else? Arizona probably will still be trading, trying to acquire firsts. Um, it's just a yard sale in Arizona. So if you're looking, I mean, if you're San Jose and uh, Calgary, you should be trying to do those conditional deals that I've been seeing. That involves picks that uh, aren't even available on Fantrack. So completely an option should be looking to do it especially if your time is now uh vancouver no san jose has an open goalie slot should be looking to fill that up that's just points you're missing uh la i mean la if they really wanted to they have so much prospect depth they could probably trade two prospects or first or something and would line more talent so la will probably be big time player come draft deadline and just a player throughout the year so if anything ever happens to one of their players that they're out for the season he's got that capital that will help fix and solve that issue whereas Calgary and San Jose don't Anaheim I think Anaheim has OV right now so probably looking to do the best with that situation might be I think he's on that line where if he's near the playoffs he could be a buyer but he wouldn't sell the farm but or if he's at the playoffs and he's looking on looking from the outside in then he'll probably be a seller looking to sell OV trying to get a couple first for him or something at least I don't know that's a hard trade to make it's hard to move 10 million dollars um, I had a hell of a time moving Petrangelo it's just the way it is not a lot of people it's a hard league this league in terms of trading older players and getting the proper value for them i find that's just personal experience uh, vegas vegas i could see doing what nashville's doing trying to make playoffs because once you make playoffs who knows what happens they i mean they have taze and leon dry i believe let me see here Computer, pull up Vegas. Fuck you. 
No, they don't have Leon. Oh, Dubois. So they have Dubois, Taze, Nelson, Wheeler. So there is talent there. Latang, Theodore. So if you could just bring in a couple more support pieces, but let's take a deeper look at their prospects. Valeno. Took a Rask. Boston was pretty high on Rask going into the season so far. Still disguised first. So, I mean, Vegas has a chance to push for an all-inner. Test the waters. I mean, what what the hell do they have to lose? If, quoting, quoting a certain someone, what the hell do you have to lose? Uh, so, yeah, Vegas, Anaheim two teams on the bubble LA probably going to sell a prospect or two to bring him talent Edmonton Anaheim and Arizona all going to be sellers and Calgary San Jose want to be buyers but going to be hard and so that about wraps everything up in terms of what I want to talk about today for the Pacific Division as always just shoot me some questions if you want me to address anything on the, the podcast here and Thursday we hope to have a special guest and that about does it bill out <laughs>